really on prayer this evening. And um, I'm really going to look tonight. I, w- I want to get down to looking at six principles for answered prayer. And the name of Jesus is very important, isn't it? You know what? We all need our prayers answered. Amen. And when you pray, you need to know that, you know what? You actually do reach God. You know, you need to know that when you pray that it hasn't fallen on deaf ears. So, you know what? You have a loving God who loves you and cares for you. And prayer is a big part of our lives. And so we need to know that when we pray that God's listening. Yes, he is. Amen. And we need to know that when we do pray, you know what? He answers as well. And so prayer is important. But we have been talking on the name of Jesus. And I'm going to um, finish that out this evening looking at at prayer. But, you know, we, we have been talking on the name of Jesus that that is our inheritance. And that's why you use it in everything. You use it in prayer. And you know what? You come in Jesus' name whenever you pray. Thank God that we do. But you know what? That name is the name that's above every name. There's no other name like it. And you have the privilege to use that name because it's part of your inheritance. Jesus has been given a name that's above every name. So no matter what name you ever face in life, always know Jesus' name is above it. And not just above it, far above it. Amen? It's far above. No matter what we face in life, his name is far above that. And so we have the privilege of that name. And we have been given the power of attorney, which is a legal term where you can act on behalf of another using their name. Well, we can act on behalf of Jesus because he's given us his his name. And he said to us, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he said, you go in my name. So we go in the name of Jesus and we have all of heaven backing us because we have the right and we have the privilege to use that name that is above every name. Praise God. Now, I was saying last week that the name of Jesus, it comes under attack. And you know what I, I was saying? If I was the devil, I would do everything to stop the name of Jesus because of the power and authority that's in it. And so the devil does everything to stop us preaching Jesus. So why is the name of Jesus so important? And why do we need to declare the name of Jesus? Why do we need to not just say God? It's easy to say God. God is unoffensive. You can say God. You can say it religiously as well. God. And you know what? Nobody will get offended. But that's different when you turn around and say, Jesus. Amen. And the good news is, Jesus is God. He's 100% God. He became man, never ever stopped being God. He's 100% God and 100% man. He's the perfect mediator. He can represent God perfectly and represent man perfectly. He understands God completely. He understands us completely. He understands our weaknesses. He understands everything we face. That's why we can come to him. If you're hurting, he knows. But the thing is, he knows how to fix it. Amen. He knows how to fix it. He's not looking to just sit and cry with us all day. Yet, you know, whenever we're, we're hurting, he's the very one who's there with you, comforting you. But he's the very one also who'll pick you back up. Because he understands. He understands everything that we ever face in life. Why? Because he's a great high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understands us. Amen. Why do we share the name of Jesus? Amen. We share the name of Jesus because it's the only name that we can get saved by. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, we were sharing now where the Philippine jailer said, What must I do to be saved? And Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and you shall be saved and your house. So how do we get saved? We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't preach Jesus. People don't get saved. Amen? So you can just talk about God and that can mean anything. But I'm telling you, when you turn around and say there's only salvation in Jesus, that narrows it right down. Amen? You're left with no doubt in whose salvation is in. It's in Jesus Christ. The second thing we said is that there's healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the man at the gate, beautiful, Peter said to him, um, um, such as I have, give I unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up in and walk. But he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Over in, um, in um, James 5, we looked at this as well, where the Bible says, Is any among you afflicted or under pressure? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. But when you anoint, how do you do it? It says in the name of the Lord. When you're praying for people, let me tell you, for healing, you do it in the name of Jesus. It's all in the name of Jesus. Then um, we talked about water baptism as well. They're water baptized in the name of Jesus. Then we said there's protection in the name of Jesus. Um, Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That's a fortress. Amen. A fortified place. You're secure when you stand in Christ. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. And then we talked last week as well, when it comes to church authority and stuff like that, there, you do it all in the name of Jesus. And I think that's a really key point. Because, you know what, unfortunately, you know what, in, in the move of God, there's people who misuse a power, just like there is in every line of work. There's people who misuse power. There's people who can be control freaks. There's people where power goes to their head. There's people who get a title and they think that made them better than everybody else. Or there's people who can't be told anything. There's people you can't talk to. There's a bunch of different things that go with authority. But you know what? When we operate in authority in the body of Christ, it, uh, within church, I'm talking about exercising Church authority, it should always be done in the name of Jesus. And we seen that last week. And I put it this way, at the end of it, when you exercise authority, if you have to, you know, set things in order or whatever, can you lift your hands up straight away and praise the Lord? You know what I mean? Because everything that we do in word or deed, we should be all doing it to the glory of God. And that includes things that happen in church. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of little Hitlers in church as well. There's little Hitlers anywhere, there's power. And it can happen. And I'm sure we've all came across Hitlers in church. Yeah. And, uh, but that's nothing new. It was in Paul's day as well. You know, there's always been people like that. But you know what? Uh, it, when we deal in any type of, of authority, it's always for the good of the house. It's not for personal good. It's for the glory of God. Because it's Jesus' church. And he said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He told us not to be Lord, lords over God's heritage. Amen. And Paul said, I have authority. But Paul didn't like coming and just using his authority. He'd rather teach people and them change through teaching. That was the way Paul did it. And Paul said, you know what? It's not, I, don't, I don't have authority to be abusive. And so there shouldn't be that kind of mindset. But at the same time, just like any parent, you have to keep the house 
in order. And you know what? And praise the Lord for it. Amen. Now, I want to look at prayer for a bit this, this evening because answered prayer is based on the name of Jesus as well. We need the name of Jesus when it comes to prayer. And I've hit on this a bit, but I want to teach this the night. And that is six basic principles to answered prayer. I was always taught five basic principles to answered prayer, but I've added one over the years, okay? And we'll, get, we'll, we'll see that as we go along this evening. But you know what? It doesn't change anything, but it, I think it just helps us in prayer. But you know what? I want to talk on answered prayer because we want to have our prayers answered. And so it's important that we know these things. And you know what? You know, a lot of people do things in ignorance. And you know what? And God knows people are growing. And God knows that people, you know what, are, um, are, are learning. But we continue to learn. But here's the thing. God's Word tells us how we're to pray. And so um, when we learn how to pray, it's great. And this is prayer when it comes to receiving from God. Or you could call it like the prayer of petition. To where you're coming and requesting. You're asking for something. You need answers. So you come and that's called the prayer of petition. There's many different prayers. There's a prayer of intercession where you pray for other people. And we should pray for other people. But many know when you pray for other people, they have a will as well. And you can pray a prayer and they'll cancel it. And then you need to pray for them again. And then they can cancel again and then you need to pray for them again. And so that's why when we intercede for people, you continue in prayer that way. Because you're praying for people over and over again. You're thanking God. God, I thank you for labors coming across their path today. Or if you're believing for family members. You know what? You're, you're, you're believing for that God brings people across. It's like my dad. I used to pray for my dad for years. And I used to pray that God surround him with Christians. Well, he did. He surrounded him with Melvin. <laughs> you know what? John Holloway. A bunch of different people that, you know, worked alongside my dad. I think David, you maybe worked alongside dad as well. And, you know, a load of Christians. Actually, I can remember working, whenever I worked for Melvin years ago, and we're up in Belfast, and there was that many Christians on, on that side. They were calling us the God Squad. Because there was that many. And I was just so thankful. And you know what? God answers prayer. When we pray for others, we don't have control over their will, but we can pray for labors to come across their path. And sometimes family members won't listen to you. But here's the thing. When you pray, it's like you enter into a big hub where there's other people who are praying and God could speak to someone. Amen. And you know what? And put someone in their heart. You know what, there was a mechanic man that my dad used to go and, and just sit in his, his garage and stuff. And he was delighted whenever he heard that my dad got saved. And he, he said to me, he said, I'm so glad. He says, the conversations we had, he told me all the conversations. But I didn't know at the time. You know what, God's faithful. You know what, people can press reject, but you pray again. Praise God, send another labor across their path. And then also pray that you'll be a labor for someone as well. Um, that's a prayer petition. There's many different types of, of prayer, so there is. There's a prayer consecration. Whenever you pray, you just lay your life before God. God, I just, just offer my life to you, whatever you want me to be, God. That's a prayer consecration. You dedicate your whole life to him. That God, whatever you want from me, God, if you ask me to do this, I'd do it. That's a, that's a prayer of just laying your life down before God. And that's good. And then there's just fellowship as well. To where whenever you fellowship with God, like you can be just thanking Jesus. You can be talking away to Jesus and just thanking him for everything that he's done for you. And worshiping him and just so, so in love with you and walking with him. And that's fellowship. 
So that's talking in communion. You do that with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Ghost, where you're just so thankful and talking, you know, just appreciation and just relationship. But when it comes to answered prayer, there's a right way of doing it because Jesus told us how to pray when it comes to asking. And asking is different because you're coming and asking for something, whatever that is. You're asking. And that's the prayer of petition to where you come and ask. Here's the first thing with a prayer petition. Number one, when you pray, you ask the Father. And some people don't realize that. And some people, you know what, it's, it's, you know what, they start just, oh, Jesus, and they're asking Jesus. And don't realize that Jesus told us not to ask him for anything. When it comes to asking, we don't ask Jesus for anything. When it comes to fellowship, we talk to him, we worship him, we worship him. Prayer is, our worship is a form of prayer. Because you're communing, you're fellowshipping in worship. It's awesome when you praise and worship. That's a form of prayer. Um, But you know what? And you can walk and talk with Jesus and have that communion and fellowship with him. And we should every day. But when it comes to making a request, look what it says here, John 15. It lets us know to ask the Father. John 15, verse 16, it says, um, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Look at this. And whatsoever you shall ask, who? Ask the Father. When you make a request where asking is involved, You ask the Father. That's why I say Father. Amen. Amen. Oh, so many people don't have a revelation of a loving heavenly Father. And not a fax them in prayer. So many people see God as ogre. Mr. Lightning Bolt. Trigger happy. Always ready to slap you. Always ready to get you. And... The Bible does tell us to understand the severity of God, and it tells us to understand the goodness of God. Now, here's the good news. When you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, you will never face the severity of God. Because Jesus took your punishment for you. God does deal with sin. But here's the good news. He dealt with sin already in Jesus Christ. That's why there's only one sin that sends a person to hell, as Melvin was sure not last night actually, there's only one sin that sends a person to hell, that is the rejection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because every sin has been paid for. That's why when we go to the world, our message is not to point everything out that's wrong in their life. People need to know they're a sinner and need a Savior. But when we go to the world, our message is that God is not holding your sin against you. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Why is he not holding our sin against, or their sin against them? Because he who knew no sin was made to be sin for them. Amen. Amen? So that they could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Or as it said, he knew, who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, if a person doesn't receive Jesus, then they will have to stand accountable because they rejected the payment but the gospel is so good that Jesus paid the payment for the worst person for any of us because we were all sinners in need of a savior praise God amen 
And so thank God that anybody can call out in the name of the Lord and be saved. That is the goodness of God. But I don't deserve that. That's grace. Thank God for the grace of God. But the Bible says that when you ask, you ask the Father in His name, in Jesus' name. Look at this. Ask the Father. Look at the end of that. He may give it to you. Who's going to give it to you? The Father. Amen. So you come to the Father and He may give it to you. That's why it's so important to understand how good our God is. Yes. The Bible says that um, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not holding anything back. If He gave us Jesus, the Bible says He'll freely give us all things. So God is not holding anything back from us. And let me say this as well, when it talks about asking here, I always put it this way, it's ask and collect. This is not coming to God and begging, because it's already provided. This is asking and collect. This is not trying to convince God or persuade God. It's already the Father's good pleasure for you to have it. Just like with the prodigal son that time, the father wasn't holding anything back from him, nothing. And he said to the older son, it was all yours. You could come and take it any time you want because it already belongs to you. And it's the same for us as well. We asked, not trying to twist God's arm up his back, not how long you pray for, you know what, for him to say, oh, yes, I'll give it to you now. You went an hour this morning and you were a good person this week. No, it's ask and collect. You're just there just to ask and he's already got his arms out ready for to give it to you. Amen. Amen. John chapter 16, verse um, 23. Again, it says, And in that day you shall ask me, what? Nothing. This is Jesus speaking. This is after the resurrection. Jesus is talking, he's talking about in that day, after the resurrection. You shall ask me nothing. When it comes to making requests, we don't request anything from Jesus. Who do we go to? The Father. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father. Amen. In my name, look again, it says, He will give it to you. For uh, Matthew 7 and verse 11, it says, How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? See, God's a good God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Amen. So when you ask the Father, the answer is, praise God, yes? Amen. Amen. And I'll clarify something on that in a second. Ephesians 3 and verse 14, it says, for this cause, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we pray, we pray to who? The Father. Amen. When you're making requests, when it's fellowship, praise God, you can talk you can talk to all of the Godhead, all of the members of the Godhead. But when it comes to making requests, you go to the Father. Praise God. Um, I always say, sometimes people have got the right location, but they got the wrong department. Yeah. Donna phoned a place the other day. She got the wrong department. Had to hang up and phone again. It was the right company, but the wrong department. And they couldn't transfer, so they told her, phone again and press a different number. And so she phoned again and pressed a different number. Let me tell you, a lot of people are getting the right place, but they're just talking to the wrong person when it comes to making requests. The Bible tells us clearly, go to the Father. And no, it's good. You have direct access to the Father. Yes. 
We don't have to go through anybody to get to the Father. You can just say, Father. Abba. Amen? Daddy God. That's what that means. Abba, Father. Next thing, in the name of Jesus. Amen? So we go to the Father. Next thing is we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen? So you go to the Father, but you pray in the name of Jesus. Look at that again, John 16 and verse 23. It says, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. Amen? Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. So we go to the Father, but we go in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is your standing. You don't, you don't go into the, and pray in your own name, as I said during the other week. You don't pray in somebody else's name. You pray in the name of Jesus. You don't have to go to anybody. You don't have to go through anybody. You don't have to have, you know, something that you're wearing or anything like that. You go directly to the Father, but you come in the name of Jesus. That is your inheritance. That you can ask in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So again it says, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father, but notice that, in my name, and he will give it you. You can also see that in those other verses that we looked at earlier. And we did cover several of this here, or several of these things a couple of weeks ago. So I won't spend long on this part this evening. But you know what? We don't pray for Jesus' sake. We're praying in the name of Jesus. Sometimes people say, and, and for Jesus' sake... Amen. No, the Bible tells us to pray in the name of Jesus. So you can pray and then say, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's your, praise God, that's your inheritance. is the name of Jesus. Number three. Pray in harmony with the word of God. This is where a lot of people miss it. This is where a lot of people have missed it over the years. Because they're just praying things that are not in the Word of God. They think God's a genie. And they come with their request, but it's not based on the Word of God. They're just, you know what, just, they're, they're, they think they've got a shopping list out. And that's the way they're treating God. That God just someone that just, you know, just, he's just there, just, a, you know, you rub the lamp, he comes out, gives you three wishes, and, you know, they think it's Aladdin. No, it's you, we have a relationship with God. You see, if you're going to pray, you're going to pray to the Father. You need to know who the Father is. Yes. You need to know the Father's heart towards you. Amen. You need to know the Father's heart and life. You need to know what God loves. You need to have God's, and God loves you. Amen. God loves you. God cares for you deeply. He's a Father. But you have to have that Father relationship with Him. You can't be coming in before God like this. <laughs> Oh, you're in trouble. If that's the way you start your prayer, you're afraid to speak because, boy, I might say something wrong and he's going to let me have it. Well, that's a terrible image of God. Religion will give you an image of God like that. But you know what I'm telling you? We need to see our, our Father is a loving God who loves us. Yeah. And we have the inheritance of the name of Jesus. But then when we go to the Word, you know what? You know what God's desire is for you. You know the promises of God. You'll know what the Word says. Praise God. I tell you, God's a good God. But we come based on the Word. And that's the way we come, based on what God's Word says. John 15 and verse 7. Look what it says here. If you abide in me 
and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Look at that. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. That's what it's about. It's about living in him. See, when you live in him, and you live in his word, and his word gets in you, do you know what you start praying when you pray? You start praying what the word says. You start saying what the word says. And you're not coming like, you know, oh, God, you said this. No, you're coming and say, God, you're such a good God. God, you said this. Yeah. Amen. God, you said, I believe you. I believe what you said. So when the word abides in you, out of the word, see, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth begins to speak. And in prayer, that works the same way. So the word needs to be the foundation for everything that we request. It should always be in harmony with God's word. Always. Let me tell you, God wants you well. That's in harmony with God's word. God wants all your needs met. That's in harmony with God's word. Praise God. God wants you to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has for your life. That's in harmony with his word. So you can pray and ask God to direct your life. You can pray and you can receive wisdom from God. You know what? God wants you to have boldness. You can pray and receive boldness in life. Anything that God's word says, it's yours. So we start praying out God's word. I find it amazing, like, you know, whenever, you know, I listen to people pray, I hear people pray, I don't hear the word, then I hear other people pray, and you know what? It's full of the word. It's full of God's word. You can hear God's word coming out because you know that they're in the word. They're not just coming and saying, oh, you know what? I fire out a prayer there. I hope it reaches. And I hope, I hope, I hope I get an answer. For Jesus' sake, it's not based on the word. But you know what? When people are just saved, you're just learning these things. And God understands. Amen. And you just speak out of your heart to God. But you know what? You keep growing. You know, after you keep growing, you know what starts coming out of your mouth? The word. And it becomes a sure foundation to you. And you know, God, this is what your word says. And you're a God that doesn't lie. And you're faithful. And you love me and you care for me. I tell you, every Christian needs to know how much God loves them. If you don't know how much God loves you, it'll seriously affect your prayer. Because it goes down the line. You don't know him. You don't know what he says. You don't know his heart towards you. You don't know what his word is saying towards you. And then how can you come in faith? Because you can't put faith in someone that if you think they're against you. You You can only put faith in someone you know who loves you and cares for you. The Bible says faith works by what? Love. And when you know God's love towards you, your faith starts to rise. Amen. Look over in 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and verse 13, it says here, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. You can know you have eternal life. Yes, amen. You don't have to be wondering, do I have eternal life? Is God a liar? No. If you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, and you put faith in Jesus, let me tell you, you're saved. Amen? You're saved. If you understand that you need Jesus as a Savior, and you come to him and you say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. And you understand that, that you are making him your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. The thief on the cross, Jesus was able to say to him, you'll be with me in paradise. 
He was able to say that. Straight to him. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people, they said, were added to the church. They didn't say, oh, we don't know who got saved and who didn't and all the rest of it. They preached the gospel and 3,000 people believed the gospel and 3,000 people were added to the church. Amen. Now, there's sometimes people, you know what, say anything to you just to get you out of their face. But when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, he will in no wise cast you out. Amen. You are secure. And the Bible says you're, you're in his hands. You're in the Father's hands and you're in Jesus' hands. And I always pictured like that. And the Bible says no one can pluck you out of there. Amen. You're, you're secure. Amen. So that you can have confidence. How can you have confidence if you think that, you know, God's just playing about? How would you ever have confidence? You can settle the issue right there and then. When I met Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of my life, in September of 1993, I got down at the side of my bed a sinner, and I got up the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I've been saved ever since, and I won't ever lose it because I can't. Amen. And I'll have it for all of eternity, because once salvation starts, it can't stop. But you have eternal life. And I'm not kept by my power, I'm kept by His power. That's, there's good news in that. It's security. Amen. And you can have confidence. Now, when you have that type of confidence and you know that you're saved, well, then praise God makes it a lot easier in prayer as well. Yeah. Look what it says here. And that you might believe on the name of, of the Son of God. Look in verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. Look at this. That if we ask anything according to His will, look at that, He hears us. If you find it in the Word and you ask, you have God's attention. He hears us. Amen? And we know that He hears us. And whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions, look at that, that we desire of Him. Amen? This is a desire that gets it. Okay? How many know desire is important? Absolutely. You see, what happens is when you get in the Word, desire comes. Yes. And so you desire that. You see, God puts his desires in you. You see what God's heart is for you. Desire comes. You go, God, that's, that's what you're promising me. I don't have to live this way anymore, God. I don't have to live this way anymore, God. You, you promised me things. Amen. So then what happens is desire comes. And when you ask in line with God's word, praise God, you can know when you ask, because it says they're according to his will. His word is his will. Sometimes I don't know what his will is. It says at the start, these things have I what? Written unto you. If you can find it written, it's God's will. So that's why you go to the Word and you find what the Word says. Amen. Now, and you make sure it's in your covenant, in the new covenant, and it lines up with what Jesus done for you. Praise God. We're not living under the old covenant. We're in the new covenant with better promises. Amen. In the Old Testament, you had to jump through a whole load of hoops to get things done. Let me tell you, in the New Testament, you come in the name of Jesus. Yes. Just based on Jesus' name. Better promises. Amen. And then, it's, uh, you know, it says here again at the end, it says, And if we know that he hears us, we know that we, what we, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire. Petition is asking. Amen. It's a prayer of asking. So we have received what we desire in prayer. Now, that's asking and receiving with desire. 
Now, you can have desires and they're wrong. Okay? So, but when you're in God's word and you're abiding in him, his word abides in you. What happens is you have a relationship with him. What happens is you end up with his desires. Now, sometimes people have the wrong desires. And that's why I said earlier, yes, we are to ask and receive. But when we ask, it needs to be in harmony with God's word. Amen. Now, over here in James, look what it says here for a second. James chapter 4. It says here, from hence comes wars and, and fighting among you. So this is fighting and all of these kind of things, division among people. It says, come then not even from your lusts, which war in your members. Look at that, you lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. And then it says, and even when you do ask, you ask and receive not because you ask what? A miss that you may consume it upon what? Your own lust. There are some people all they're asking for is self, 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 self. Self, 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 self. All they think about from morning to night is self. And it's lust. And you know what? You know when people are selfish? They're the people who cause fights. Because all they think about is themselves. See, if somebody gets something, they're not happy for them because they're too busy being jealous because they don't have it. One of the greatest things we can do is rejoice with others. Whenever they get something nice, amen, or something nice happens in their life, they get something new, no, rejoice. Amen. I've trained myself to do it for years. Yes. I may be desiring the same thing and needing the same thing. But my attitude is, God, if you did it for them, God, you'll do it for me. Absolutely. And instead of it being a discouraging thing, because sometimes people get discouraged, oh, it doesn't always happen for them. Let me tell you, that's a terrible attitude. What about I'm blessed? If God, if you did it for them, you'll do it for me. Absolutely. God, you're no respecter of persons. God, you love me. God, you have a good plan for my home, my family, my kids, amen, my life. And you know what, then even in ministry and things like, you know, there's a lot of people ask for things in ministry or, you know, you could look at it in your own life. I think ministry all the time, but you know what, there's people who just want their name in lights. No, I just, I just want this, that and the other and it's a whole list. It's not for the glory of Jesus, it's for the glory of self. It's not about promoting self, it's not about name and lights. I don't need my name and lights. I want Jesus' name and lights. I purposefully put down a lot of things. I purposefully put down a lot of things in my life on purpose. Why? Because I want him elevated. Because we all have a flesh. And that flesh can desire the wrong things. Many have flesh. Many know there's no good flesh. We all have a stinking flesh. And it all stinks. Everybody's flesh stinks. And if you let it loose, it can become very selfish. But you know what, when we just think about self, I just want that for self. I just want this. It's all me, 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 me. See, when you abide in him and his word abides in you, do you know what you get a heart for? The things that God loves. You get a heart for the kingdom. You get a heart for the move of God. You realize that God, I want you to bless me. Why? I want you to bless me, God, because, you know, you want me to look after my family. You want me to look after my kids. But also, Lord, I want to have resources so they can be a blessing. Amen. You start asking for doors to open up. Well, it's all, it's all um, um, for the advancement of the kingdom. Everything's for the advancement of the kingdom. See, when you walk with Jesus, do you know what you get? You get his heart. Yeah. You get his heart. 
And I think that's what went wrong many times in the move of God, because people, it's not that God doesn't want to bless. God wants you to have the, bless, the best. We looked at that several weeks ago, that, you know, all things are yours, the Bible says. Things present, everything's ours. Amen. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. His silver and the gold is his. God's not against us having things. He's not against us having things. God wants us to walk with him and never have things take his place. He wants us to walk with him and he'll add to us and bless us. But we'll always have him at the center. Some people don't know how to do it. Some people think, oh, if you have something nice, you must be worldly. No, you can have something nice and have Jesus right in the center of it. It doesn't control your life. Amen? But you know what? That's ask and miss. But you know what? You see, when you have his heart, you're abiding in him. And you ask, praise God, you're asking in line with the word of God. Know what the answer is? Yes. Praise God. Amen? Yes, that's the answer. Here's the next one. The next one is grace-based. And this is where I think a lot of people miss it. Because a lot of people pray and they try to work something up to get something from God instead of realizing the provision is already there. It's already been provided. It's like trying to work up to get electricity and it's in the building. Do you know what you do with it? You receive from it. It's already there. And that's what grace, grace provides. And everything has been provided by Jesus. Do you see when we ask, that's why we ask and collect because it's already there. It's like in, God has a warehouse with all of the provision that he's provided for us. And let me tell you, it already has your name on it. Amen? Look, look at this here. I'm going to close quickly, but I just want to close in a minute. But I want to just read these couple of things quickly. Look at this here. Second Peter 1 verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through knowledge. See, that's why you need to ask based on the word. Yes. You need the knowledge. So grace is multiplied to you. It's already there, but it becomes available to you. When you find out about it, then you realize, oh, praise God, God, you're a good God. You've provided such wonderful things for me. Amen. It says, according as does divine power, look at that, has given on to us how many things? Oh, All things. That's grace. It's already yours. Second um, Corinthians 1 and verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So all the promises of God are yes. God's like the man from Del Monte. He says yes. When you come based on the Word of God, He says yes. You have to have a mindset that God says yes. Why? Because you have it in the Word. Amen? All the promises of God are yes and amen. Hebrews 4 and verse 16, it says, Let us come boldly, that's faith, coming boldly, to the throne of what? Grace. That you may obtain. Obtain means to receive. It means to take. It means to seize. It means to accept. Amen? That you may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Amen? In a grace-based prayer, that's the way you come. You come praying, saying, I receive because of what Jesus done. You don't come because of me, because of how long I prayed, because I was a good person. No, I receive because of what Jesus done for me. I come to the throne of grace. It's not based on me. It's based on what Jesus done. That's a grace-based prayer. Next point is, you come in faith. 
You can only receive from God by faith. Faith accesses the grace of God. Amen. In salvation, you're saved by grace through what? Faith. Grace provided salvation. Faith receives it. So simple. Amen. Look what I say. And that's a, it's key because um, in grace, what do you do? You receive. Not you come and take it, but it takes faith to come and take it. Amen? That's what faith does. Faith takes, praise God. And if you look, there's lots of scriptures that talk about, you know, asking and receiving. That's when you know you're in faith and grace, you're receiving from God. You know, like um, Mark 11, just flick through it, says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Amen? That's a grace. You believe, you receive. And you are, you shall have it. Amen? You shall have it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, it says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Amen? And that he's the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Praise God. And as I said earlier, um, in 1 John 5, this is the confidence that's faith that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us here's the last one with thanksgiving amen, amen. with thanksgiving and you see when you pray and you can thank God that's faith see when you can thank God for the answer before you see it that's faith amen people say how can you thank God before you see it how can you thank God for the answer before you see it we do it all the time we order stuff on Amazon it's on the way. Praise God. It's already yours. It belongs to you. You can't see it, but you know it's yours. Amen. And this is even greater because it is ours. Amen. It's yours. When you pray, the moment you pray, you believe right there that it's, you have the answer. Right there. That's faith. Whether you see it or not, faith believes. Faith doesn't have to see to believe. Faith believes. You believe and you'll see it. Some people are waiting to see it before they thank God. When you're a person of faith, you thank God the moment you pray. Because by faith, it's yours. Amen? And you just thank God and thank God and thank God. You just praise and thank you. It's already mine. Look at this here. Philippines 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Amen? And Colossians 3 and verse 17, I'll close with this. And whatsoever you, sh you shall do in word, you know, word can be what? Prayer. So whatever we do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at that. Given thanks to God and the Father by Him. Amen. So you pray to the Father. You pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You pray in harmony with the word. Praise God. You pray a base based on grace, with a grace foundation, knowing Jesus already won it for you. Amen? You pray in faith, you receive right there, right then when you pray, you pray believing. It's already mine. Amen? And when you know it's already yours, because you have the word, that's your title deed, praise God, you can know it's yours because it's written. Amen? And what do you do? Praise God, I thank you. Amen? So what do you do when you pray a prayer of petition? It's a faith prayer. When you ask, you don't need to keep asking for the same thing. Just start thanking him every day. Thank you for that, Lord. That's mine. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God.